Hello, Bitcoiners. On today's show, we're going to talk about price and then get into a couple stories on China blockchain. What's going on over there? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? We'll discuss a little bit about that. Then I want to tell you kind of what's been happening over the last couple of days with the big exchanges. Uh, BitMEX had an issue, Coinbase had an issue, and the new exchange, Darabit, had an issue. So we'll, we'll discuss that. And then I'm going to wrap it up with uh, uh, some talk about mining and the hash rate uh, going on right now. So that's my intro. Let's go. This podcast is made possible by my great sponsors over on Patreon. You get a little bit of bonus stuff over there, so go check out patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and markets. In November here, I am going to be launching my new newsletter uh, with all my price analysis. So if you want to get in on that, issue one is going out tomorrow, November 2nd. So if you want to get in on the first few issues of that, go to uh, patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and markets. It's just a tier. Just sign up for the member newsletter tier and you will get that three times a week in your inbox. Okay, let's get on with the show. Price on Bitstamp, 91.84. Last Friday, we did have the, I think it was the third or the fourth largest day in Bitcoin history, um, biggest pump percentage-wise. It went up 42% in a single day. Uh, since that time, we have we had a gigantic wick on the daily, and we've been going sideways in a bull flag. Now, this is a bull flag as, as long as it stays above the 200-day moving average. Right now, we're sitting right on top of it. So the moving average, 200-day uh, moving average is 9,047. And again, we are at 9184. So just above it, we could fall below and revisit the bottom of the channel. But I think that's unlikely. I think the bottom has been put in. I've been calling for uh, roughly that area we got to a little bit lower than we actually got to. But uh, I think this is a very good place to put in the bottom and uh, time wise and pullback percentage wise. Uh, this mini bear market in my mind is mostly over. We could see some more sideways. We could see a fake out down to get a lot of the longs to pull off. Uh, but if you want more detail on this analysis, like I go into more of the fundamentals about volume and different technicals, then you have to sign up for the uh, new newsletter over there on Patreon. So, okay, let's move on to the China stuff. A headline here from The Independent, and of course, links will be in the show notes. This is episode 190, so on the website, bitcoinandmarkets.com forward slash E190 will be the links for these for these show notes. Anyway, so this independent article here, China bans anti-blockchain sentiment as it prepares for launch of state cryptocurrency. China is prepared for the launch of its own state-backed cryptocurrency by removing online posts claiming that blockchain technology is a scam. Now, right off the bat here, it's not a cryptocurrency. I mean, technically, I guess you could say it depends on your definition of cryptocurrency. What's your guys' definition of it? My definition is a decentralized stateless money. <laughs> and that's, So this cannot be, by definition, a cryptocurrency. Um, I guess if you say a token that uses cryptography on a network of some sort, 
then yeah, sure, this can be a cryptocurrency. But this is definitely not even in the same vein as Bitcoin. All right, let's continue reading here. Um, it marks a significant shift in the country's policy towards blockchain and comes just days after President Xi Jinping hailed it as an important breakthrough that should be developed. China's central bank began exploring the possibility of creating a cryptocurrency in 2014. However, Bitcoin exchanges and other cryptocurrency platforms in the country were effectively banned. Until now, the state has also cracked down on any post on social media relating to Bitcoin. The U-turn, they call it a U-turn, I call it funny as hell, <laughs> backtracking, 180 degrees, weird turn of events. Anyways, um, the U-turn was revealed by CN Ledger, a cryptocurrency news resource that focuses on developments in China. It noted that adverts for blockchain courses had begun appearing on popular apps and social media sites in the country, adding that, quote, articles saying blockchain technology is a scam are now banned, unquote. China has also passed a new law which will continue into effect on, Jan on 1 January, aimed at, quote, facilitating the development of the cryptography business and ensuring the security of cyberspace and information, end quote. Um, I mean, this is interesting because of the U-turn. They call it a U-turn. That's a friendly term. I mean, this is a 180-degree shift. Something happened. Something changed. What is that? What changed from 2018 to the end of 2000? Or I would say uh, this would be like the beginning of 2018, even back to the end of 2017 to the end of 2019. So over the last two years, what has changed to force this 180-degree flip? That is the question in my mind. Let's see if they answer it. I don't think they do. It was understood that the new law will precede the launch of China's state-backed cryptocurrency, which is expected to be unveiled early next year. No specific dates have been given, but in August, a senior official at China's central bank said it was, quote, close to being out. China's interest in the space appears to have had a positive impact on already established cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, which some say add legitimacy to the cryptocurrency industry. The cryptocurrency term continues to come up. It's fucking hard to say. This is just a fiat token. Just say fiat token or fiat or token, whatever. Pick a term. Cryptocurrency is hard to say and it's stupid. I mean, yes, it's going to come up in your search results here. That's why they're doing this because they want to get it um, ranked and get people clicks on this this article but i don't even know i mean china is calling it a blockchain um i, I they might have used the term cryptocurrency but that didn't jump out to me in xi's speech or anything like that so this is strictly a editorial edition anyway so let's continue china's plans were accredited for Bitcoin's recent price surge that saw its value rise from 7,500 to 10,000 in the space of just a few hours. Quote, this is a clear signal that the leader of the world's second largest economy is moving towards embracing the technology in which Bitcoin plays a vital part and therefore taken as a positive boost for the whole digital currency sector. Nigel Green, CEO of financial advisory firm DeVere Group, told The Independent. All right, let me, there's one more paragraph, then I'll, I'll talk about this. Quote, perhaps 
Quite sensibly, investors could not ignore the comments and sentiment expressed by President Xi and reacted by increasing exposure to Bitcoin. It also comes as China is said to be de developing its own national digital currency, which is further proof that in some form or another, digital currency is the future. All right, that's the end of this piece. Um, my reaction to this is, um, he says that Bitcoin plays, in which Bitcoin plays a vital part. Uh, that's an interesting way to say it. Um, I've actually never heard it said quite like that, I don't think. Um, mainly it would be blockchain plays a vital part. Not Bitcoin plays a vital part. Uh, so this is, this is interesting that he's bringing it in this way. Of course, that's not true either. I mean, Bitcoin is the thing. Bitcoin is not some vital part. It is the thing. So, uh, then what does he say? That, uh, okay, well then he goes on to express this idea that Xi, like the sentiment is that President Xi's support of quote unquote blockchain pumped Bitcoin's price. Does that check? Does that, uh, does that pass our bullshit detector? Well, yeah, to a degree. I mean, some plebes out there could think, hey, this is great. Let's look, China wants this. Let's pump Bitcoin. I mean, that could have happened. I don't think so, though. It's, it's these whales. It's these people, uh, the, these mid-tier um, traders that are trying to or that are reacting to this news, thinking this marks some major milestone, which it does not. All right. Nothing of fundamental significance happened. I mean, when you look at the charts, the bottom was coming. The bottom was coming, and I do believe that the bottom now is in, but the volume was low. This was a very illiquid market. The path of least resistance was still down, but this switched to making the path of least resistance up uh, for the price. It cleared out the order books. There is no like fundamental blockchain usage or real demand here overnight. You know, the hour that this is said that there's spike in demand. No, it's market makers doing this based on charts. Nothing fundamentally has changed here. I mean, I could go in into depth here about how wrong China or the CCP, specifically the Chinese Communist Party, how wrong they are about blockchain. They have the wrong idea. They don't get this. They believe that somebody taught them the perpetual motion machine and now they're buying into it and they're going all in on blockchain on this perpetual motion machine. That's the takeaway <laughs> in my opinion. All right, but that's enough about this article. Let's get into another one. So this one is from Decrypt. And here we go. So the headline is how China is using blockchain technology. China's president uh, had some nice things to say about blockchain and the price of Bitcoin boomed. But what exactly are China's big blockchain plans? Bitcoin's price shot up on Friday on the news that Chinese President Xi Jinping had issued a ringing endorsement of blockchain technology. But how is China using blockchain technology now and what are the country's plans for the future of blockchain and cryptocurrencies? China's plans are wide and varied, but in the short term, this country seems primarily, in, primarily interested in creating its own digital currency. 
partially as a means of shutting out Facebook's Libra. Facebook hopes to launch the Libra stablecoin sometime next year, and the social media giant has positioned the project as a way to provide broader access to financial services to people around the world. The current plan is for Libra to be backed by several fiat currencies, though the Chinese yuan is not one of them. Well, just breaking in here, the so for a long time, China tried to get the yuan into the SDR for many years, a decade, maybe even two decades. I don't know exactly when they started uh, approaching that topic, but it finally got in, what, three, four years ago, and now Libra's launching this other SDR thing that excludes China. So I can see how China views Libra and Facebook that they block, right, or that can't get through the great firewall of China. They view this as a Western attack. Like they are not, the Westerners won't allow them into this Libra thing, even though they bring it upon themselves. Anyway, that's interesting. I was also thinking during that, that uh, this Chinese thing is going to be a stable coin. It's going to be pegged to their yuan. So there's not going to be any reason to buy it in a speculative fashion. It's not going to compete against other speculative things, at least in Bitcoin sense. In Ethereum sense, oh, hell yes. Libra and this Chinese token are in direct competition with a smart contract platform where it's not even meant to be money. And now, of course, we see the whole pivot in Ethereum to hard money. Hard money, hard money, hard money. I, I want to do a reaction episode here coming up in a little bit um, uh, to some of these newer podcasts that are coming out with a great Ethereum uh, content. That that might be coming here pretty soon. We'll see how much time I have. <laughs> anyway, all right. So let's continue on this story. A division of the People's Bank of China, known as the Digital Currency Research Institute, is in charge of pushing China's plan for a national digital currency forward. Just weeks ago, the organization announced that it is seeking to hire tech experts. Okay, just weeks ago, the organization announced that it is seeking to hire tech experts to boost its digital currency efforts. Um, and this is their... The People's Bank of China and their Digital Currency Research Institute. This is the PBOC's Digital Currency Research. Just weeks ago, they announced that they're seeking to get some tech people in there to talk about this. See, they're so far behind. They're so freaking far behind. And not just China. All governments. All governments are so far behind. I mean... I don't know. The government is so incompetent about any sort of task. I mean, just think of this. This is a, a common thing in economics. All right, guys. I know a lot of my listeners will know this, but just think of it this way, especially for noobs that come in and they're just learning about this economic stuff. So for businesses, when you are trying to decide on what to manufacture, what to manufacture, how much to manufacture, you're making these production decisions. You have profit and you have 
cost or revenue and cost. Okay. Now, government does not have cost. They don't have any way to measure cost because they don't earn it. They take it. There's a big difference here. So yes, the whole theme or the whole meme of taxation is theft is true, but not, it's not bad from a moral argument. It's bad from an efficiency argument. The government has no way to measure cost because they take it. Think of a bully um, that takes your lunch money. They have no understanding of, you know, how much that took to earn because it only took them one sentence. Give me that money or I'm going to break your nose. And then the kid gives them the money. You know, it the, for for them, the cost is very low. Very, very low. But that's that's why governments cannot operate industry. They cannot make decisions, period, because they have no cost-benefit analysis. The only cost that they have is like revolt, right? And maybe that's why Thomas Jefferson way back in the day said, you know, we need a revolt every 20 years because that, that is the only way to jog the memory of government that there's a cost to what you do. It's a systemic thing. And so when you, when you're looking at these, uh, people, the Chinese or American or uh, whatever blockchain, uh, nation state efforts going on around us here, um, they're always going to be behind. Always. They're always going to be subpar because the free market, public, uh, the private sector is where the efficiency is. So anyway, that's, man, that was a long tangent. Um, okay. That's, that's all I'm going to read about from this one. Um, it goes on a little bit longer so you guys can check that out. But yeah, I mean, China is behind. Something happened between two years ago and now. And what is that? Well, I think that it's their entire economy. Just this week, we had more bad numbers out of China. And there's a lot of people out there saying that these bad numbers are actually way underreported, like they're way worse than are being officially reported, which of course we always believe have believed that about China for years. So I think they are, they could possibly be in a state of emergency and, or at least approaching it. And some of them are getting very worried and they see blockchain as some sort of perpetual motion machine that they can revamp their entire economy or whatever, right? And they're going to stay ahead of the curve on this, but they don't understand blockchain. Blockchains are slow, inefficient, and they do not scale. So, so China is not really going to be using blockchain here. I just want to talk a little bit about this drama that happened on BitMEX, Coinbase, and Deribit. The first story I have here is from AMB Crypto, and I'm just going to read it off. So this is the BitMEX fiasco that happened. Here we go. One of the largest Bitcoin derivatives platforms in the world, BitMEX. It is the largest, by the way. It's caught in a BitMEX is caught in a fiasco, resulting in the email addresses of many of its users being leaked. This was first discovered by its customers when they could view the email addresses of other users after an email regarding an update was sent to everyone by BitMEX. 
The mistake, according to many, seems to be that the person in charge of sending the mail listed all the email addresses in carbon copy instead of blind carbon copy. And then they have this uh, uh, image here of one of the emails. After this incident started to draw more attention, the cryptocurrency platform released an official statement on their website. The derivatives platform stated that they are aware of the mishap and that they have taken all the necessary measures required to gauge the level of damage caused. Quote, Our team have acted immediately to contain the issue and we are taking steps to understand the extent of the impact. Rest assured that we are doing everything we can to identify the root cause of the fault and we will be in touch with any users affected by the issue. Importantly, this leak has resulted in some users and influencers on Twitter recommending others to change their email addresses as soon as possible, while even enabling two-factor authentication, considering the possibility that their BitMEX accounts could now be vulnerable. Um, so that's pretty much the gist of it. And then there was an update to this article. Update. BitMEX released an updated statement on the issue affirming that the root cause of the email address leak was discovered. According to the crypto platform, it was a result of, quote, software error, which has now been addressed, end quote. The platform further advises users to be aware of phishing attempts and to secure their email addresses with strong and unique passwords and 2FA. All right, let's wrap up that first story and now get into the Coinbase and Darabit incident or incidences. This story is from blockonomy.com and I will link it in the show notes, of course. So here we go. On Thursday afternoon, Coinbase Pro, the third largest quote unquote legitimate Bitcoin spot exchange in the industry suddenly went down. Some facets of the site, according to traders on Twitter and Coinbase's status page, <clears throat> suddenly stopped working, namely the firm's Bitcoin to USD market. There were also reports of a flash crash on the exchange of up to $200. Now, this is a decent outcome because Coinbase was famous for these flash crashes that would go, you know, 25, 50%. This one is only that's one or 2% here. So um, it's a lot better than uh, in the past. It's still not good, of course, but it's a lot better than the past. They're making progress. Continuing, at the same time, certain Bitcoin markets started to print very weird chart patterns on short-term timeframes. Some claimed this was some algorithmic trading accounts going wild due to Coinbase Pro's technical difficulties, while others claimed this was some odd attempt at manipulation as the monthly October candle was coming to a close. Now, that is not the case. Uh, this was not some end-of-month uh, manipulation. This is exactly what they said there at the beginning, uh, that it is due to uh, algos going crazy. They are set up to do arbitrage stuff. And when they're getting some sort of 404 from one of their sources, um, it's going to knock everything off. Off. Also, BitMEX and other uh, index-based trading platforms uh, if they're using Coinbase, you know, their index is going to be all off and then that's going to have a ripple effect. Uh, so this is not surprising that they had this, uh, these big minute candles. Eventually this odd price action stopped, but the craziness was not over. The users of Darabit, a popular cryptocurrency derivatives platform at 2100 UTC, 
its perpetual Bitcoin swap product, Bitcoin's price dumped to 7700 some 15% lower than market prices at the time, within a few seconds' time. This is not written very well, but you get the gist here. This wasn't just a visual glitch, as users reported that their open positions acted in odd ways around the time of the crash. Due to the timing of all this, some drew connections between Coinbase Pro's sudden downtime and the collapse of the price on the Deribit market. It isn't clear if this is the case, yet Deribit announced that this flash crash was a product of calculation issues with its Bitcoin price index. There you go. Coinbase is notably one of the markets that Deribit draws information from. Okay, so that is what's going on with the exchanges. All right, let's hit mining real quick, uh, and then that will be it for the day. Okay, right now on the Bitcoin network, we have an estimated next difficulty adjustment at negative 8%. Negative 8%. That is the that will be the largest pullback um in a year and uh, in 2018 I think we had three qu quite large negative adjustments. Uh this will be a quite large negative adjustments kind of they'll be wiping out the gains from the last two or three bitcoin difficulty adjustments. Um this isn't a big deal. Right. This is a lagging indicator. I've said that for years on this show. Hash rate follows price. Hash rate was going nuts. And then we had two months of price declines here. And now hash rate is just catching up. All right. Hash rate never has the uh, prolonged pullbacks that the price does, uh, but it does eventually catch up to the hash rate. The price declines eventually catch up to the hash rate and they have to pull back. So this is very interesting. It's not uh, end of the world or anything. It doesn't signify anything special. It's just a lagging indicator that I've been talking about for quite a while. I think even last month uh, when we were talking about hitting the bottom, I said that we could see some uh, hash rate declines from this the very last push down. Um, so we're just a couple weeks later than usual. Uh, I would uh, attribute this to the new ASICs, the new technology that is coming out and uh, being spun up on the network right now. So th it kind of pushed back this the, the lag even further than it would have been. Um, but yeah, nothing to worry about. And that's it for hash rate. That's it for me this week. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. My name is Ansel Linder. This is Bitcoin and Markets. Support the show, guys. Uh, i put a lot of effort into collecting all the information for you, putting it into a um, format on the newsletter and uh, in the podcast here and on all the places that I post the things. So um, yeah, thank you. Show your support for the show. If you want to go to bitcoinandmarkets.com forward slash support, there's free ways to support the show. So it's not just Patreon, but you can uh, rate us on iTunes. Five stars would be awesome. You can subscribe on YouTube. Uh, you can watch the stuff on YouTube. At least give us some some views over there. We're trying to build that up a little bit. And share us around. Share share the newsletter around to your friends and family. <laughs> Christmas is coming on. Maybe maybe you can subscribe to the the free newsletter uh, as a Christmas gift to maybe a brother or sister or somebody that you think uh, should kind of get their feet wet in Bitcoin. It's mainly news items on the free one with uh, some different uh, fundamental analysis in there. Um, 
the price analysis is is moving mainly over to the paid uh, newsletter. Anyways, that's I'll I'll get done rambling. I'll let you guys get on with your weekend. Thank you for joining me. See you next time. Peace. <laughs>